Bruce Boudreau is out. Rick Tuckett is in. Austin Matthews is out. And Alexander Barkov is in. And some rumblings of miscommunications or lack of communications in the Calgary Flames locker room here on Locked on Flames. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Every moment, make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on NHL. And they are the official sports book of Locked On. So that is so fantastic to hear. Today, we're just going to relax. Uh, if you're listening when this goes live, it is Saturday. So I figured, you know, probably cold. You stayed up late watching the Flames last night. Bundle up with your blanket and some coffee or tea or whatever you're doing and get comfortable because we have a lot of gossip to talk about. And I love when I can do these news and notes episodes and there's actually like gossipy things to talk about rather than just like hard, heavy news because it, it can take a toll on you. And I don't want to, uh, you know, just be out here with the negative all the time, but Austin Matthews, it was announced today that he is missing up to three weeks with a sprain. Uh, Let's see. Matthews out at least three weeks for Maple Leafs with knee sprain, and he is going to obviously miss the all-star game and is the second in Toronto in goals and third in points. Okay, so I don't know if any of you have ever had a sprained knee but um, I did two years ago almost, and it was some of the worst pain of my life. I thought I had a compound fracture when I fell and hit the ground. Just kidding. I just dislocated my knee and sprained my meniscus and managed to bruise the hardest bone in your body. But this isn't about me. This is about Austin Matthews. And so he gets replaced with Alexander Barkov, which to me doesn't make sense. And as you know, the internet acted as the internet reacts because it's Austin Matthews, it's Toronto, everything is against Toronto or everything's for Toronto, depending on which side of the aisle you're on. But to me, you know, when they say every team has to be represented, I don't think that that just means initially, like to me, that means every single team will have a player representing them at the All-Star game, not just on your graphic. So for Barkov to be there with Kachuk, it just, it does give me weird vibes, like not in like a rigging type of way or anything like that. Don't get it twisted. But I don't know. I feel like you should at least have like uh, Nylander or, you know, Marner there. I, I don't, like, how do you ask people? Like if I was a player, are you kidding me? I would be on vacation. I would be on the next flight out of here. Um, you wouldn't be getting me to reschedule that. So maybe they knew that Barkov would still be in the area. Like he wasn't leaving on vacation or anything like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works or what happens if you do get called as a replacement? Like, do you have to stay and, you know, 
lose all the money for your vacation. I mean, you're rich, so I feel like it doesn't impact you as much. But can you decline and not face suspension? That's, you know, definitely something that we should look into. And the All-Star Games, as, you know, across the leagues, I think are it's less about the games, but more for me anyways, it's the skills competitions. I loved last year when they did the, uh, when you had to shoot the, the puck at the board and get 21 and and you're playing blackjack or when uh, Jack Hughes and Trevor Zegers did like their little magic trick. I love things like that. To me, I don't care. I can watch a hockey game any night of the week, pretty much. So It's silly to play the games, but I think that they should do more of the skills competition. To me, that is more fun. That's more entertaining. And it just, it gives it a different life, a different light too. Because like, you know, you have the fastest skater and I love that they are including uh, some of the national teams, uh, women in it this year as well, which is always so much fun. And I hope that we get to see more of that, more, um, collaboration there and hopefully with the PHF as well but you know the like I mentioned Twitter reacted very normally to this as they do with every other piece of Toronto Maple Leaf news but on the other side you do have to worry about uh, Matthew's health and him you know getting injured at this point in the season and what that means for the playoffs because just because you know you're injured you're projected to miss three weeks doesn't mean you're going to miss the three weeks. You could miss less or you could miss more. It's all about, you know, what your, your pain tolerance is and what in the severity of the injury. So wishing him nothing but the best. And he's one of those names that, you know, people want to see. I was so, so excited to see him play back in 2019 when I, uh, went to a Bruins game. It was a random Tuesday night game. Tickets were super cheap. And it was like beginning of the season too. So it was fun. I was so excited to see him, to see Marner, to see Nylander, to see Tavares. Like it was just, it was a good game. And, you know, just Bruins won. So it's even better. But, you know, you, you go to support your team, but then to also watch the stars. And I think the All-Star game is a perfect uh reason to do that or not excuse but you know it's the perfect opportunity to do that so if you are able to ever go to the all-star game I say why not you know if it's affordable do it but if not then you know wait for a random Wednesday night game in the dead of winter and hopefully you can see some of the stars coming up next we are going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks situation a little bit just because I feel like everybody's favorite internet grandpa deserves some justice and Bruce Boudreau just uh, absolutely broke my heart earlier this week. But before we do that, I do just want to take a quick minute here to talk about our next partner here at Locked on Flames and the NFL playoffs are here and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner, for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And yes, that would be FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports 
fun and easy. I'm telling you right now, if I can understand it and there's numbers involved, especially with like the, the minus 650s or the plus 620s, like you will get it too. New customers, if you join today to get started with $150 free in bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. And football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. What a... What a weekend. It's the championship, uh, divisional championship games for uh, the NFC and AFC. I am, uh, my Cowboys are out, so I don't really care. But uh, I, I don't, I would love to see the 49ers make, make it to another Super Bowl. But alas, let's talk about a team that has no luck on their side. And that would be the Vancouver Canucks. So a little too long, don't read, TLDR. We have the Vancouver Canucks have been struggling this season. That is no secret. Um, Bruce Boudreau is kind of doing the best that he could to keep this team afloat and keep, you know, <laughs> keep JT Miller happy. And one of the worst kept secrets in hockey was the Canucks were in talks with Rick Tockett like four or five weeks ago, probably longer than that. And Kevin Weeks leaked it and then deleted the tweet. So I can only imagine, you know, the kind of rumblings that were going around the Canucks locker room. And after that, you know, the, the Canucks were already struggling and there really wasn't a, a corner for them to turn. It was just a matter of them continuing down that path. And uh, they, they did. They did, you know, um, they've had some some injuries this season with Tanner Pearson. They basically said, oh, it's not as bad as, you know, we think it is. So we're, you know, he can play. And then at one point during the middle of a game, he comes out and it's basically like, yeah, like this kid needs season ending surgery. So things are going very well there. Uh, Rudra was doing a great job with his media, you know, appearances. He was never disgruntled. He always kept, you know, just like, I just wanted to like sit across from him and talk to him at like a waffle house or like a cracker barrel and be like, Hey grandpa, can you pass like the, the pads of butter or something? Like just so kind. And so like, I don't say gentle cause that sounds weird, but you know, just very forgiving. I think that he has been in the hockey world long enough and I believe he owns a hockey team as well in one of the uh, junior leagues uh or less than that a league below that but he's very professional he is not someone that you know he he knew he was being fired and he still went out there and did his job night after night and one of the most heartbreaking things of this was that he went out and did a media availability before one of his last games and basically got, he was like, got really emotional and choked up about, you know, what the game of hockey means to him. And it's so hard watching someone who has dedicated their life to something who truly has not done anything wrong in this situation, mind you. Uh, you know, this comes down to the Canucks and Jim Rutherford, but the Canucks front office. And of course, you know, the way that the team's playing, 
with what they have. The players and coach can only do so much. But it was basically announced that uh, Rick Tockett was going to be coming in and Boudreau was fired. And the, after the game, like, players went into uh, Bruce's office and, like, had a beer with him. And they were crying with him, giving him hugs and just... I have never, ever, ever seen a coach go out like this in any sport. I, I mean, maybe like aside from Alex Cora in 2019, but that's a, that's really that's so different. But in hockey, you know, we see these we see these coaches get replaced left and right by like some of their own best friends and for Boudreaux to just stand there and take it with class and just you know say yeah I'm gonna go hang out with my wife in our forever home in Pennsylvania like that's to me that's someone that is more mature than I could ever be and now we have to talk about Rick Tockett because how do you watch this go down and then accept a job with this team that is willing to throw their coach under the bus, you know, throw the nicest man probably in Canucks history under the bus because they think that the coach is the problem. So the Canucks ended up losing five to one uh, during Tockett's coaching debut and like Bruce, there it is, chance broke out. And I'm sorry, that is so awkward. Like, this team clearly, like, isn't there. They're in a rebuild phase. They're very late to the party on uh, where they should be in their rebuild stage. You know, they're not. They should have done this years ago. And it's so odd that this team just didn't fire Bruce when that news broke maybe it had to do with Tockett's um TNT contract but at the same time you can fire this coach and have an interim step in and then bring someone in I don't know I just I really I have a hard time rationalizing it because I think that Bruce like didn't do anything wrong you know he went out there he did his job every night with the tools he was given to work with it's not like he could go out there and say, I want to trade for XYZ. The Canucks have no money. They they could be trading their captain at the deadline. They could be doing, they could be moving a lot of things, a lot of pieces at the deadline. They just signed JT Miller to a long extension, an expensive extension. So you're not, you know, you're gonna have some moving pieces over the next season or two. And I think that the Canucks are going to be a very different team by the, I don't know, probably, I would even say by this summer, by free agency, I think things are going to look a lot different. And I am very interested to see how different they are and how things go, just because I, I don't know where any of the positive sides are for the Canucks right now. And it's a real shame. You know, they have... Uh, some some good players and good talent, but it's not enough to complete the roster, and that's that's really not their fault. That's you know uh, irresponsible spending from management. You know it, it happens. 
But it, again, that falls on the owners and the front office and not the players out there going to do their jobs. Coming up next, we are going to talk about the Flames and some insider gossip that I have gathered from a very reliable source. And thank you all so much for tuning into Lockdown Flames. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. I have heard from a reliable source that there is an issue with communication in the Calgary Flames locker room, or I guess the organization as a whole. Uh, not so much the locker room, but this uh, source says, I know the Matthew Phillips situation. Oh, no, that is not the right. That is not the right text. I'm sorry. Um, they, there has been an issue when a player is placed on waivers or they are recalled. There isn't communication on either side, really. It's not. Uh, some people are finding out through Twitter. Some people are finding out from their family, calling or texting them. So I, you know, it's not um, this made up thing that fans are talking about. It is something that is very clear and uh, happening even to veteran players, uh, veteran NHL players. I should say not veteran Flames players, but, you know, it's uh, disappointing to see because I think that the Flames are an organization that, is one of the better run organizations in terms of not just seeing players as pawns. They're actually kind of viewed as uh, individual human beings, which is always nice because that is what they are. And of course, you know, I think that it it's a matter of who's behind the bench and facilitating some of these decisions. And then with the... <laughs> Like, there's no warning of any of, you know, these waivers or transactions happening. And I understand an emergency recall can happen. But, um, you know, you shouldn't find out from an Elliot Friedman Twitter notification that you're being placed on waivers. Like, could you imagine if that's how you find out that, like, your job is, like, not demoting you, but moving you to a different department? I would oh my God, I'd have so many questions. And, you know, especially like if your boss isn't necessarily someone who is that strong at communicating with you and doesn't really, um, clearly doesn't have respect for you to, to just not tell you in person. But that's, that's the flames, baby. And then we have talked about it a lot in terms of players not being called up due to size and it is it's holding it's holding some weight here because again another insider uh same one has said i know the phillips situation has been beaten to death but it i just want to say his size is not the problem which we knew we knew that i've seen him get into scrums and hold his own it's just an excuse they were using to keep him out of games and I think any of us can sit here and say that 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 rings true, especially like if you watch him play, he plays well. Pelts is getting a lot of time on the ice and his his time on ice is racking up quickly and he's seeing more special teams time as well. And I'm so happy for him. And I don't want that to sound like I am happy for him and 
that he's getting time over uh, Matthew Phillips and Matthew Phillips doesn't deserve the chance. I think that they both deserve equal chances, but right now there isn't the equal opportunity for them at the moment within the organization. Walker Dewar is somebody who can eat those fourth line minutes. He is not a top six, top nine, true top nine forward. That That's what they're developing him into. So with Brett Ritchie being activated as well, I wouldn't be surprised if Dewar um, does, you know, get sent back down. And hopefully he finds out from his coach and not through someone's Twitter account because that that would be a little bit rough. But I, again, I think that Pelletier getting minutes is fantastic. I think that it's something that we should all be celebrating, especially with Richie coming back you could see an argument for other people coming out of the lineup and uh, Pelts just replacing them on that second line wing, right? His time went from like five minutes to seven minutes to I think like 15 minutes. So I will give Daryl Sutter credit in terms of knowing how to build up a player stamina in the NHL and that's about as much credit as you're going to get from me because we don't celebrate the bare minimum here and neither should you. So thank you everyone for tuning into Locked on Flames. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto and I hope you're having a fantastic weekend and we are going to be wrapping up the month of January with some guests on the podcast as well. And we're so close to episode 500. So I look forward to celebrating that milestone with you as well. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts, and I will see you Monday. Bye-bye.